Well, Ben, I, I have to say, I was somewhat worried we were going to get like a Samson and Delilah situation with Kevin Gosman after he got the haircut. You know, we're so so used to seeing like those uh, flowing brown locks tumble down to his shoulders. And I admit I did a couple of double takes today when I saw him on the mound thinking, boy, like that doesn't doesn't really look like <laughs> Kevin Gosman. But maybe the opposite is true because he was ridiculously talented today. I mean, he always is, but 10 strikeouts to one walk he just shoved at the dome he's the ace of the rotation and you know what on uh, on Harry Potter day he conjured up some magic so it's a it's just a very welcome sight to see Kevin Gossman after perhaps scuffling in his last four starts not being quite as AC as we have become used to seeing he certainly recaptured that form today because he was nasty yeah he was great I mean you could definitely argue that this was the best start he's had of the second half he did have seven shutout innings against Cleveland a, a couple weeks ago but I thought he looked really really with the exception of two pitches today looked about as good as you've seen him all year the splitter he barely threw it in the zone but because he was so in the zone with the fastball he got just a ton of chase on that pitch and uh, he gives the Blue Jays enough time that the offense ends up coming through with uh, enough runs for them to pick up the win in a 5-1 victory. That is Ben Shulman. I'm Show Ali. Welcome to Jays Talk on the Sportsnet Radio Network, streaming live on Sportsnet.ca and on the Sportsnet app. We're taking your calls and texts. Phone lines are open. 416-870-0590. 590 Star 590 on your cellular device. Of course, 590-590 is where you can text us, name and location, please. That is the People's Text Line. And, of course, it is always open. Uh, we will give away some, some merch as well. The Blue oh, Jays yeah. did win a lot of merch to give away. Uh, so, you know what, I'll, you know what, Ben, I'll throw out the, I will throw out the, the merch question, our trivia question at the end, right before we take our break. Okay. And uh, then we can get the text in for the second half of Jays Talk. But uh, we'll, we'll, all, we'll announce the winners tomorrow. And, of course, we can always give away some more merch tomorrow if yep. the Blue Jays do win. But there's a lot of stuff to give away. I mean, there's the Harry Potter scarf, the Vladdy Jr. jersey, the Chris Bassett the camo Bassett shirt. The Bassett shirt is sick. The, like, I, I would be very aggressively trying to text for the Bassett shirt. <laughs> it is quite nice, I have to say. The, the Chappie Couture shirt from earlier in the year, the Jose Bautista level of excellence shirt. Like, it's a gray shirt with, uh, like, the silhouette of his face, I guess, like the glasses and uh, beard. His, his beard, right, yeah. his very famous beard. So. Uh, that, all that stuff we can give away, so we'll, we'll throw out the trivia question in a, in a couple of minutes. But uh, I do want to – how can we not continue by talking about Kevin Cosman? Yeah. Right? He was just nasty. Eight innings, two hits, one run, which was earned. It was a solo home run. Ten strikeouts, one walk. And the so, solo home run was to uh, Edward Olivares. He threw 105 pitches. It was just great. Like He looked like he was really attacking the strike zone, like you were saying. He really used that four-seam fastball, had a lot of life. He ticked up the velo to 97.7 miles an hour today. And uh, I think all – I mean, Zach Greinke also just doesn't throw all that hard. But Gosman really was ticking up the velo. Early on, I was kind of like, oh, I wonder if this is going to be an issue here because the velo was a, like a teensy bit down. But uh, afterwards, he after he seemed to settle in, he was great. The splitter obviously moved moved very well, and like you're saying, out of the zone. He was just he was aggressive today, and I think that's what you want to see. And again, I don't think we need to go on and on about how the the Royals lineup is not the Atlanta Braves lineup, for example. But I mean, it's not. And and when you have that that kind of team coming in here, 
you know, as opposed to perhaps more talented teams, you do want to see the pitchers go out there and just be as aggressive as humanly possible. Jordan Hicks did the same thing. So that clearly was the game plan today. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it before. Like, every every major league team can hurt you on any given day, but – if you're Kevin Gosman, you need to dominate the Kansas City Royals. Like, you're going to dominate a lot of good teams. You certainly have to dominate the bad teams. This is the team with the worst record in all of Major League Baseball. There's no other way around it. It's, you know, by wins and losses, the worst team in baseball. And he clearly came out with a plan to attack, starting with the fastball. 19 first-pitch strikes against 28 batters faced. And, you know, he gives up two solid pieces of contact in the hits, maybe one more on the Salvador Perez fly ball that Varsho leaps at the wall for. Hard done by by catcher's interference, but for the most part when he attacked, there was just not a lot that this team could end up doing against him. And I think that, you know, it is really astounding that you throw the splitter in the zone only 9% of the time, and it ends up being such an effective pitch because of how often he was getting ahead with the fastball and putting pressure on these hitters. And, you know, there were 19 swings against that splitter. Ten of them were swings and misses. Four of them were foul balls. So that's 14 strikes right there on the 19 swings. And then all five balls that were put in play were outs, and most of them pretty routine outs at that. Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, and not to nitpick an eight innings, one run, two hit start, with the exception of what I thought was some interesting decisions to go to the slider, that ended up costing him both the deep fly ball that Varsho caught and the home and run. Home run yeah. He was pretty, like, immaculate outside of that. There was not much more that you could have asked for out of Kevin Gosman. He didn't allow a hit until there were two outs in the top of the fifth inning, and hopefully it's a it's a nice bounce back to form for him and something that he can take now down the stretch against what's going to be much tougher teams than the Kansas City Royals, but teams that he's pitched well against before, like the Boston Red Sox and others. You know, the, the slider thing is super interesting because, and again, we're not going to spend too much time on the slider because he, he, was, was, great. he was great. It was amazing. Right? It was great. But it, it's funny because after he gave up the home run to Olivares, I think he threw maybe one or two sliders the rest of the game. Yeah. And it's interesting, too, because so you, you mentioned Salvador Perez narrowly missing the home run on the slider. Great catch from Varsho, timing his, his footwork very well. You can kind of see his footwork kind of get it in order as he goes out to make the leap so he doesn't have to play the ball off the wall. So that was a great catch by Varsho. But on the on the Olivares thing, so he goes yard on the slider. In the game's first A.B., against Olivares as well. He threw him, Gosman threw Olivares four pitches, and two of them were sliders. So I kind of wonder, the next the next time he went out, Olivares hit the home run. I kind of wonder if Olivares just went out there looking for the slider, essentially. Yeah. And he got and one he, right down the middle, too. He did. Too. So it, it was interesting because it didn't seem, of all the pitches he threw, and he only really threw three pitches today, it was the fastball, the splitter, and the slider. Yeah. He uh, The slider clearly did not have the same life on it that the other two pitches had but like like you're saying after the after he got victimized off that home run he just didn't throw it again i think he threw it literally maybe twice there was a foul ball in there a pop up and that may be it so he clearly recognized that you know what today it's working it's the fastball and the splitter and uh, i mean 8 innings two hits all game yeah. and 10 strikeouts to one walk i mean that's pretty darn good yeah you're gonna take that every time especially he's had a couple starts recently with multiple walks I think you love that he only walked one today it was a leadoff walk in the third but that's not so bad when he ends up pitching around it and it's his only walk of the game and yeah with the slider I mean when I looked at it at one point he had thrown nearly 20 percent sliders that's way above his average like it's 
It's by far his third pitch. He's talked about not loving it. He's yeah. even mixed in trying to throw a little bit more of a sweeper, a, a pitch that cuts a little more across the plate. He also has thrown a changeup in the past a little bit, but not very often. But of his three main pitches, the slider is clearly his least favorite. Maybe he was just trying to throw some guys off today and, and pitch a little bit backwards from what the scouting report would be. But he completely abandons it after it goes wrong. And, and I think that made sense because the splitter was really good today and the fastball was really good today. And, and Kevin Gosman is is not a complicated pitcher. Like when he's doing well, it's because he possesses a fastball that moves up into the upper 90s and one of the better off-speed pitches that you'll find in all of baseball. He leaned on that, and the Blue Jays were certainly better for it. 416-870-0590, star five ninety on the cell. Still some time to give us a call. We can talk about anything you like. Certainly Kevin Gosman, George Springer's terrific day as well, which we'll get to. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. with a, quite an, an athletic day with the, the tags and the slides, a lot of, a lot of stuff going on for Vladdy. Uh, before we move off of Gosman, real quick, Ben, I, uh, I do want to get to this. I see a text here from uh, Johnny in Vancouver. He just says Gosman going eight innings was huge. Day of rest for the pen. If Brios can replicate similarly tomorrow, it'll set us up well for the Rangers. Good call by Schneider to give Whit Merrifield a day off. He's going through it. We need him to get going. I hope this is a sign that playoff Springer is here. Go Jays, go. It's, I agree with a lot of that stuff, and we'll get to a lot more of Johnny's point in a sec. But on, on Gosman, I, I wonder if – I love looking at the, 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 the races for awards, like MVPs and Cy Young certainly as well. And in the American League, Kevin Gosman probably is not at the forefront of the American League race, but he definitely is in the mix, probably because apart, Garrett Cole is, I think, the, the front runner right this second. But the, I mean, there's still about three weeks left in the season, so he could definitely that could definitely change. There's like four starts probably or three starts perhaps left for every pitcher between now, maybe maybe four, maybe even five, depending on how things work out for everyone. But there, there are enough starts that like it, and things are close enough together that it could change. Do you think that and you're not going to get 10 strikeouts in eight innings for Kevin Gosman literally every time yeah. for the rest of the season, as nice as that would be. But do you think starts like this can affect the race down the stretch when things are this close? I, I think so. I mean, I would still – I would put it at this point an outside chance that Gosman – can win the Cy Young just because I think a lot of things are culminating right now for Garrett Cole who's been a great pitcher for a long time too and has never won one and I think at a certain point you kind of get your DiCaprio Oscar in and, and I think that people want to reward you and he's deserved it I mean Garrett Cole is the ERA leader right now in the American League uh, he is in the mix with you know the guys who have struck out the most in the American League obviously Gosman leads that stat but Cole is right there with Gosman only about 20 strikeouts back of him Cole has pitched more innings than anyone in the American League so I, I do think a little bit is out of Gosman's hands like I think you need Cole to get blown up at least once in these final starts maybe by the Blue Jays who will play the Yankees yeah, a, couple, a times. couple times I mean <laughs> if they can get to Garrett Cole a guy who they've actually gotten to in the past if you remember the Vladdy three homer yeah. game last year two of them were off of Garrett Cole but I think that Gosman would need to really continue to pitch well and Cole would have to blow up once or twice. I don't think there are that many guys in contention. I think I look at Cole. I look at Luis Castillo. I think Sonny Gray will get some votes. Maybe Kyle Bradish gets a vote or two. But I think I think a lot of people would have Gosman, especially on the strikeout numbers, ahead of people like a Bradish or Gray. I but so. I, yeah. I still think he probably has to catch both Castillo and Garrett Cole at this point. But it, it, it's out there. There's definitely a possibility that it could happen. Gosman needs to keep pitching really well, and maybe the Blue Jays need to help him out by hitting up Cole. 
I do I do think for a lot for a lot of these races too, a certain amount of it is like reputation based, like for in, sure. in, a, in a certain sense. I'm not saying that's right <laughs> by any means. It should only it should only be by the the numbers, but uh, to a certain extent, it will all of these awards will probably be teensy bit reputation based unless someone makes it so much of a one-sided conversation in yeah. their favor because no one has done that in a, in a really dominant sense and i think eric cole it kind of hurts him a little bit that the yankees are just not very good unfortunately yeah, and it would and be better if they were like the 91 yankees yeah yeah and if, if they were if they were the best team in the american league and he was pitching this exact level I feel like he'd be the runaway favorite to win the Cy Young, but because the Yankees are, you know what, they're just around 500 thereabouts, so I don't know. I didn't, it's a, it'll be an interesting conversation as the season continues. Uh, let's go back to the text line, 590-590, name and location, Mike in Halifax. Great win today. Nice to beat up on teams we're supposed to beat in a way that we're supposed to beat in. I think I, I get Mike's point. Like, you're, you're not only supposed to beat the Royals, you're supposed to beat them comfortably. And uh, Brad from Newmarket kind of echoes that. He says, is this, what, is this what a relaxing Jays win feels like? Wow. Which is uh, kind of funny, actually. Yeah, I, mean, I was going to say, when do you think, you know, we do the weekends for the most part. When do you think the last time is that we were on a Jays talk that was this comfortable of a victory? That's a great question. Like, <laughs> it's been a while. I, you know, we have we have had some tough ones both on the win and <laughs> loss side. Uh, certainly, it was not that Colorado series, um, and wasn't Cleveland. <laughs> and so, I don't know. It's been a bit. Yeah, I, I we have experienced, and not, I don't mean just you and I when I say we. We meaning everyone who watches and listens to the Blue Jays, all the fans, the media, <laughs> you and I, Blair and Barker, Tom, like everyone who watches and listens works on the Blue Jays knows this is true that there have been so many white knuckle you're gripping the steering wheel in a whiteout snowstorm finish you know what i mean like that that's the feeling i feel like a lot of people experience for a lot of blue jays games this year and that, that maybe for a little bit early on when they didn't seem like they were taking advantage of macarthur or the first couple innings of granky but they did eventually break through and it ended up not being particularly close. There was a moment towards the end where I wasn't sure if maybe Jordan Hicks or Jimmy Garcia were going to be the ones to yeah. enter this ball game. And Jordan Hicks comes in and kind of to wrap up on the pitching stuff. I mean, Hicks came in and all he did was throw the sinker. I think he went from I think the the, the quote unquote slowest pitch he threw was like 96 miles an hour. And it ticked up to triple digits, just a smidge over 100 miles an hour. That's kind of what you want to see from Jordan. I mean, that's what you want to see from everyone. But I think that is a big part of why the Blue Jays went out and acquired Hicks in the first place. Because not only can he throw the gas, but it kind of moves around a little bit. So it was nice to see him not deviate. I've always said to you, even off air, that I just I, sometimes I just don't want to see Hicks throw the sweeper. And or if he does, just don't throw it in the strike zone. Yeah, that's I want to see it in the dirt, basically. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? He didn't even do that. He all he did was throw sinkers today, which is nice. Yeah, I mean you're up four. I think you don't have to get too complicated, especially against a pretty offensively challenged team. And he threw seven sinkers, and, and it worked out. He threw the majority of them in the zone. And for the Blue Jays, they have the luxury of essentially having a closer A and a closer B after Jordan Romano has to throw nearly 30 pitches to help the Blue Jays get the win yesterday. Uh, they can go to a guy like Jordan Hicks. I thought for a second they might go Garcia for run lead. I think they do want to get right performance for him here at some point after a couple tough ones on the road trip. But I also think at this point that they're thinking they can't mess around. E even in a 5-1 game against the Kansas City Royals, the worst team in baseball, I, I think they 
they know they need to win this one, and, and you just look at the three outs in front of you, who's got the best chance to get them for you? It's Jordan Hicks, and then you end up having Jordan Romano back tomorrow, and if you're the Blue Jays, you might have Bo Bichette back in tomorrow, yeah. you might have Whit Merrifield back in tomorrow. I'd be surprised, but you might have Brandon Belt back in tomorrow too, so maybe there's an opportunity to build up another big lead. You never know, but and maybe you get another big lead and you get Garcia into that game to get him a, a get-right performance that's not in the ninth inning. 416-870-0590, star-590 on your cell. We'll go back to the text line in a moment, 590-590, name and locations where you can text us. David joining us in Toronto here on Jay's Talk. David, what's on your mind? Hey, guys. Uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, like, like I think like people said, good, uh, good relaxing win, which is nice, uh, very different. But um, I wanted to uh, bring up, uh, you know, uh, David Schneider again. I know everyone's talked about him. He's what everyone's talking about. Um, I know it's only been like 25 games, and I think right now he's on something like a 15-war pace, which unless he's the second coming of Babe Ruth, I don't think it's sustainable. But I want to throw out uh, a comparable here just in sort of his story and what he looks like as a player to a former Blue Jay, uh, which is Devin Travis. If you remember, Devin Travis, I think, was like a 13th-round pick, won the job in 2015, and was excellent. Now, unfortunately, I think injuries kind of derailed his career. But I wanted to hear what your thoughts were around sort of that comparable and if you think that's sort of what we can kind of maybe expect potentially from Schneider. I know, like I said, it's very small sample size we're looking at, but I feel like that's probably the best comparable that I can think of in, in terms of like a former Blue Jays player. Sure. Hey, David, appreciate the call. Thanks for joining us here on Jays Talk. It's not a bad comparable. No, honestly. I kind of like it. Yeah, uh, I kind of like it too. And, and I think the, the major thing which David correctly alluded to there was the injuries. Because I think without the injuries, Devin Travis, I mean, Devin Travis is probably already, at least from the last 10 years, one of the more likable loved Blue Jays, I would say. Awesome. And, and I think I, I, the only reason he's not higher in a lot of people's estimation is because of the injuries. Yeah, he played only 300 games, unfortunately. And, uh, like, David Schneider threw 21 career games. So this is entering play today. This yeah. is before the game today, which, of course, he, he struck out three times and then flew out the uh, the fourth time. But he has uh, 18 runs. This is from Sportsnet Stats, which is always a great resource. 18 runs, 27 hits, 17 of them extra base hits, 19 RBI. He has an average of uh, 403, an OBP 535, a slugging percentage of 881, and a, an OPS of 1415. So, I mean, you know, like that. All of those obviously dropped a little. Yeah, bit Yeah, did not right? have his best day today. And uh, perhaps, perhaps uh, in, in again, twenty-one career games is a very small sample size. But uh, it is kind of funny to think that it. You, you see what you saw from David Schneider, and it was very. It, it feels like uncharacteristic. Yeah. Which is, but I mean, everyone's going to have those kinds of days over the course of a long season. But I don't mind the Devo, the Devo thing. I. I it's sometimes I struggle to. I'm curious where you fall on this, Ben. I struggle sometimes to really like pinpoint like how to how to catalog or quantify athleticism because I feel like Devo more athletic than you know, probably a little Fa- bit faster than him for sure but it's a, not a bad comparison yeah I, I think that you get probably a, l- a little more hitting for average and a little more speed out of a guy like Devin Travis probably more I mean I think certainly more power out of a guy like David Schneider and maybe a little more walks so it's a slightly different approach but if you were to say that the production level like 2016 Devin Travis plays 101 games ends up with an on-base plus slugging of 785 which is which is fairly above average you know drives in 50 runs that year 
hits nearly 30 doubles. I I think all those things are, you know, potentially attainable for a guy like David Schneider. And, and he coming up, he is coming up in a similar way. I mean, drafted, you know, almost 15 rounds later than Devin Travis was, but coming up after not necessarily being a, a heralded prospect and uh, ends up having a pretty big, you know, impact at least in a short stint here like Devin Travis did in 2015 and then 2016 too. So, yeah, I, I think that it's a pretty solid comparison. And uh, the Blue Jays, you know, injuries aside, I think would love to get Devin Travis-level production out of Schneider across a full season like next year. I do. I still wonder to myself whether or not like what David Schneider has to do between now and the begin, and because he's done a lot already, between now and next season to continue the conversation of being the perhaps the starting second baseman or at least a starter on this team yeah. next year. It may Could not bounce be, around. Yeah, it may not be a second. It might be a very similar role to Whit Merrifield, frankly, because he is an everyday player, even if he is not at a specific uh, spot position yeah. every single day but uh david schneider while he didn't have the greatest day he has been very good over the course of uh, his 20 i guess 22 career games yeah. now for the blue jays i see a bunch of texts here about george springer yeah ben. Of course. i mean how could there not be right yeah. i mean i see one here uh well this is actually on gosman david from dartmouth nova scotia gosman was terrific with the full support of his team yes they can play baseball so let's see some more a uh david of the six nice to see george heating up the curling broom on deck for the sweep uh, I see one here from, well, certainly the one about uh, Johnny in Vancouver. I hope this is a sign that, that Springer is here. At an Aurelia, Gosman was great. Kudos to Spring Springer, who carried the team. And uh, Jen in Toronto, good Gosman game. Ump was iffy, but glad Springer brought it. And, I mean, you and I have said this a, like a million billion times it feels like and Blair and Barker have said this and literally everyone who talks about the Blue Jays say this pretty regularly but the the, the simple idea that you need the most from your biggest stars when it matters and that is absolutely a cliche Ben it 1000% is but it, the cliches are cliches because there's usually some small bit of truth to them yeah and uh, Springer was going to be that guy I mean Springer Bo Vladdy those are probably your top three hitters, and I mean, when everyone's healthy, that is the top three of the lineup, and we saw it yesterday, we're seeing it again today, albeit no bow. Springer is so important, his, uh, I guess, 18th and 19th home runs of the season, I think it was his 21st career multi-home run game. First this season, too, First this which season. would have been pretty rare for him to go through a whole season without one. And he and he clubbed he clubs them both to either sides of the field too. So yeah. like he hit them to the exact same spot. He hit one to left and one to right. One in either bullpen. It, I guess the first one went into the seats actually, not the bullpen, but the second one went into the uh, the Royals bullpen. And you know what? It was great also to see that moment in the fifth inning where you get Kirk working a walk. Varsho immediately hits a double. You have runners on second and third with no outs. Two very quick outs for Clement and Kiermaier to turn the card over. And I thought to myself, oh, boy, like, here we go again. Oh, right? yeah. Like, here, here we go. And then more or less immediately, Springer victimizes his old pal, Zach Granke, his old teammate in Houston for a couple of years, uh, with a two-run single right, up, right back up the middle. He swings on the first pitch, which is something we've talked about before, but he clearly saw something he liked, and he stung it. And four ribbies for, for old Springer today. Yeah, I mean, it was a bad pitch. It was definitely a pitch <laughs> that, you, you know, you want to go and hit. I think that pitch was, was hung a little bit. It actually, it was on the outside part of the plate, but it was a lot higher than I think Zach Greinke intended it to be. And 
It was really interesting. The Royals had a mound visit before that. I would imagine this could be a big subject on, like, Royals talk or their equivalent after the game where it's second and third, two outs. And I think, I don't know, that they're going out there and saying, hey, do you want to walk Springer with first base open here and face Spencer Horwitz, or do you want to pitch to George Springer, who after, uh, you know, his home run that he hit was batting over 500 off of Zach Greinke right. in his career. They decide not to walk Springer, which, you know, maybe it's that, Greinke struggles more against left-handed hitting than right-handed hitting, and Horowitz is a left-handed hitter. Also, he walks a lot, and the bases would have been loaded, so you can't walk him in that situation. Maybe they were saying, let's pitch around Springer and see what happens, but they decide to pitch to Springer, and he burns them immediately, yeah. and that was a, a huge turning point in the game where the Blue Jays go up 3-1, to one, and even though it's not a, a huge lead, I think that it starts to feel pretty comfortable for Gosman at that point they add on a fourth run uh, on the Kevin Biggio RBI double the next inning and at that point the Blue Jays are cruising so it, it is huge to get that from Springer the, the Blue Jays from this year to last year the biggest drop-offs in production really have been the likes of Guerrero and Springer we've yeah. talked about that a lot this year and if you're going to get days like today you can't expect it every day especially not multiple homers but if you're going to get multiple hits from Vladdy and Springer in the same game you're just so incredibly likely to win that game I think they didn't even get that much production from anyone else it was you know they did have some important doubles from Varsho and Biggio Spencer Horwitz had a single that didn't turn into much not his fault but it just no one ended up doing much behind him but I mean five of the Blue Jays eight hits today come from Springer and Vlad Springer drives in four of the five runs Vlad scores one of the runs they were the driving force today in the offense, and it feels like they haven't been enough this year. So you take that massively for the Blue Jays and hope it continues going forward. John Schneider just wrapping up his media availability downstairs. Of course, he was asked about the September so far for Springer. Let's hear a little bit of what he had to say. Uh, he's really good. I think this is his time of year. Um, last month has been kind of him. Um, yeah, he's uh, about as good as they get this time of year and into the postseason. So um kind of typical george how do you make sense of him showing up this time of year every year how does that happen i think just being you know in those situations before and you know on the biggest stage that the game has to offer and slowing things down a little bit uh it's kind of been like that his whole career going back to houston so um you know he kind of just has another gear that not many people have you know it's tough to quantify I mean, like you can always, uh, you can obviously quantify things by, well, did he hit a home run in the eighth inning or later? Does that count as being clutch? But when you have someone like George Springer, who has been hitting home runs since 2014, and he is consistently doing it in the later months of the season, for the most part, the last month of the regular season, so frequently, I mean, that it's it's hard to otherwise say that he's not clutch. You know what I mean? Like it just, it feels like that's something that's going to carry him or carry around with, with Springer over the course of his career. And uh, he's done it by and large for the Blue Jays, his entire quote unquote, relatively short Blue Jays career. But uh, I mean, it was, it was great to see it again, four runs from George Springer today. And uh, yeah, how, how can you not acknowledge that he just always seems to show up in the month of September? Yeah. And continues to in October as well. I mean, he's a guy with a, you know, a career on base plus slugging in the eight thirties that jumps up to near 900 in the postseason. He's a world series MVP. Uh, he has seven home runs in 14 career world series games. He, he certainly is a guy that at a pretty consistent level has gotten it done in the biggest moments. And for the Blue Jays, you're signing George Springer like 
two-thirds of the money you're paying him is for August, September, October. You know, you're, you're paying him way more for that than you are for April, May. And even though he has had one of the lesser years of his really, really strong career, to be fair, sets a high standard, yeah. if he turns it all around right now, I don't think anyone cares. Like, they, they just need him to do this when the lights are the brightest, get him to the postseason, and then watch him hopefully do it again. That's Ben Shulman. I'm Show Ali. Uh, before we take our break, I want to throw out the trivia question for you guys because we do want to give away uh, some merch. And like I said, roughly about three weeks in the regular season. So we want to uh, give away the merch before the cabinet behind Tom gets uh, too, uh, too full. We're running I out think. of space. We are. We are actually running out, like legitimately yeah. running out of space. So <laughs> I, I think it is important. Uh, I, I Actually, I, we, we were going to go with the David Schneider question, but I decided to change it when George Springer has four okay. RBI okay. On, his, uh, on the day. So he hit two home runs today. Springer's first career major league home run came, of course, as an Astro in 2014 against the Tigers. Which pitcher? Did he hit that home run off of? And I'll give you all a hint. This man did pitch against the Blue Jays here at the Rogers Center this season. It was in August. He had one inning of relief work. He was the, I believe he was the starter back in, in 2014. So it's a guy that I was a starter who, who was, is now doing some relief work at times. But, yeah, the question is, essentially, the, name the pitcher that George Springer hit his first career Major League home run off of. Uh, it was, he was a Tiger in 2014 when George Springer was a Houston Astro. Text that to 590-590 with your name and location. And the prizes are a Harry Potter scarf, a Vladimir Guerrero Jr. giveaway jersey, the Chris Bassett camo shirt, the Chappie Couture button-up shirt, and the Jose uh, Bautista Gray Level of Excellence shirt as well. Um, we'll pick uh, three prizes. How about that? We'll give away three sure. prizes today. And so three people will be entered into a draw to win, and we'll pull out three names. Text the answer to that question again, 590-590, name and location. We'll come back. We'll talk about some Vladimir Guerrero Jr., uh, great plays today from Vladdy, certainly as well. Continue taking your calls and your texts, and of course, get to the Bet365 standings update. Lots more to come on Jay's Talk. You're listening to it across the Sportsnet Radio Network. Uh, honestly, I was just tired of it. It was so hot. Uh, my neck was just sweating too much, and um, you know, cold neck today was pretty nice, so it felt good. But, yeah, it's probably been probably COVID year since I've had it this short. But um, it's a little weird, but it feels good. And, you know, it was it was good to get a good one after cutting it, for sure. Sean Penn. I don't know how to take that. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I guess someone told him he looks like Sean Penn. That's, I feel like that's a compliment, that's though, right? Funny, like, like, I don't know why you take that poorly. I mean, uh, I think he's like, you know, it's good looking. Pretty, pretty famous actor, yeah, yeah right? I, that's pretty funny. I know, I don't know that I'd make that comparison between Gosman and Sean Penn. I don't think I would either. But yes, <laughs> I, I think I think you do take that as a compliment. That's a Kevin Gosman speaking to the media, of course, after uh, getting his haircuts. He turns in an eight-inning, ten-strikeout performance. Uh, you're listening to Jay's Talk. Welcome back to it. Show and Ben with you until the bottom of the hour. Uh, ben, just in case uh, people missed it, we are doing the giveaway. And the question was George Springer, of course, after hitting two home runs. If we travel back in time to 2014, he hit his first home run against the Detroit Tigers as a rookie in, in 14. Which pitcher did he hit the home run off of? 
perhaps not the the person you were thinking of, but uh, text the answer, the name of that pitcher, and your name and location to 59590, name and location. We're going to give away three prizes. So if you get it right, you'll be entered into a draw, and I'll uh, get in touch with you via the text line, and we can sort out what you like. The Vladdy the Vladdy Jr. Uh, giveaway jersey, the Chris Bassett camo shirt, the Jose Bautista level of excellence shirt, the, what am I forgetting, the Chappy Couture shirt, which honestly I, I genuinely like. I like mine. I, I, I was going to get, yeah. I, I gave it to my dad, but, uh, I, I, you know, I, if I could keep one for myself, I would. But we're going <laughs> to give away the other one. And, of course, the uh, Harry Potter scarf from today as well. Uh, before we go back to the text line and back to the phones, let's check out the Major League Standings Watch. Uh, presented by Bet365. With Bet365, you can bet on things like player props, totals, or game outcomes across many different sports, 19-plus play responsibly, Ontario only. So uh, the Jays are in a unique position in that they were one of the first teams to actually play today. Yeah. And the other teams in the wildcard race are either in action right now or are uh, not playing yet. Of course, the Rangers will play a little bit later on. They're going to take on the A's in Texas in less than an hour. The Astros similarly will take on the Padres at home at Minute Maid Park in Houston also in less than an hour. Both those games starting around 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific. So I'm sure you're going to keep an eye on those Jays fans as uh, this this day continues. But the Rays and, uh, and Mariners are actually playing each other right now, and that game is not yet over. The Rays currently lead... Five to four in the bottom of the seventh inning. It was a four-one uh, Mariners lead. Yeah. So the Rays coming back to uh, take the lead uh, late in this game. I see here uh, Brandon Lau, Taylor Walls, Yandy Diaz all doing a uh, yeoman's work. So I guess like I, I, I get, I'm never sure where you should say like you should be a blank fan for the day because I, I feel I feel like. Maybe seven games up the Rays might be a little difficult to catch, even with two series remaining. Yeah, you'd have to like really go yeah. like five and one or something. That's that, and that's a tough ask against the Rays team that I know they're missing lots of pieces pieces for many different reasons. But I mean, this is a team. I've said this a million times, but this is a team that could like go to the IHOP across the street and get like the cookout, and he'll come out and either go three for four with a home run or, like, throw seven scoreless innings. Yeah, I'm, like, semi-confident I'd hit, like, 250 <laughs> in a Rays jersey. And I don't understand why, but, it, I mean, we'll keep going through the standings. I, controversially, maybe, I actually think you kind of don't want to catch. Like, you might want to catch them now right. just to be safe, but you kind of don't want to catch either of those teams because then you have to play one of them instead of the Minnesota Twins. Look, I, 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 I agree with you. I just am always wary. It's scary you to get, do. You, you, get you win every you, game in yeah. front of you. You do win every Careful game. what you wish for, yeah. you, know? Yeah. <laughs> you know? So you just win as much as humanly possible. So for sure. you don't have to be like, for oh, sure. they lose on the second-last game of the season, then it's going to play this player. I just I think you just win as many games as possible. For sure. But you're not wrong in that, I would think, for any team, the most favorable matchup of the playoff-bound teams, quote-unquote, it would probably be the twins but yeah from I mean, our spot maybe yeah. you say like hey the third wild card would be nice from inside <laughs> that clubhouse and on yes, the field yes. you win every game possible and you leave no doubt uh that's a quick check of the major league standings watch presented by bet365 let's go back to the text line here i see a text uh, where is it huey huey and grand bend uh love to see vladdy making plays like that look like the ball player we've loved watching play the last few seasons great slide great tag couple of hits great ball player uh, not a lot of criticism for Vladdy today. I, you know what I will say? Like when when he gets the criticism, I think sometimes it's warranted. Maybe sometimes it's not. But at the he's the star. He's the lead singer in the band. And that's know? the thing. He's gonna he's gonna get the lion's share of the glory, and he is probably also gonna get the lion's share of the blame when things don't go well. Which that that just comes with the territory. But Vladimir Guerrero Jr. today, I thought 
looked phenomenal. So he had the two solid hits to get aboard. Yes, they were singles. I, I actually think he hit one ball to the left so hard, and Melendez, to his credit, was also playing further back that the, by the time the ball got to him, he was already throwing it to second because I feel like for most that might – it was so deep it might have been a double, but Vladdy took a long turnaround first, and then he had to go back to first because Melendez already had thrown it into second base. So whatever. It was a single. He had yeah. another slap single as well. Uh, just over the head of one of the infielders. Certainly he had that great tag on the throw that took him off the base. It's a really good play. But he reached all the way behind him to tag the runner. It was very athletic. But, of course, the the biggest play of the evening was the run from first to home. A terrific slide. Ben Wagner described it as a swimming motion, which I think is a great way to describe it because yeah. he almost like he pulled his left hand back and then swims basically like as you're kind of like paddling with his right hand around the glove of Salvador Perez. It was it was great from him. Maybe a bit of a risky send, but he did get a good read on the on the hit from BGO. Yeah, and I think the Blue Jays are just going to lean aggressive over non-aggressive. They actually are a much better team hitting with runners in scoring position lately than usual, but I, I think this year too many times they've left guys on in those situations and with two outs, I, I think they figured – Let's give it a shot here, and like Ben Nicholson-Smith had mentioned on the broadcast, put pressure on the Kansas City Royals to have to make a perfect relay. Right. And they made a pretty close-to-perfect relay there. Vladdy's not the fastest guy in the world, but they made a pretty close-to-perfect relay. But by Vladdy extending the right arm and almost curling around Perez, he was forcing the catcher, who by the block in the plate rules, is forced to pretty much stand in fair territory on you know the field side of the plate to reach all the way to the back foul side of the plate and he just couldn't get the tag there on Guerrero in time so they get there by like fractions of seconds and fractions of inches but for the Blue Jays it was a huge run at that point to make it a 4-1 game every run was big in this game because it wasn't like 12 to 1 it was still just 5 to 1 but that was a really big play as as it didn't really look like they had a rally going and then Biggio with a great hit and Vladdy uh, got started early which was good because the Blue Jays needed every step from him they really did yeah he, he there was a point actually where the ball was still traveling kind of looked like over the infield and then Vladdy kind of looked up, and then he looked over as it, it clearly was going to land between the two runners because he kind of he, – he took a stutter step, slowed for a half second, and then it went over his head, and he, I think he realized where it was going, which was essentially to the wall, and then yeah. he booked it. He, he, you can even see him – the helmet was starting to impede his vision. He kind of just like sh- kind of shook his head back to, to, to lose the helmet, which is probably the right move because he clearly could not see as he was motoring around the bases. But great base running, great heads up. Awareness from Vladimir Guerrero Jr. I do want to give some sh- a shout out to Kevin Biggio because Kevin Biggio, like the team has given him more of a regular playing time, more regular spots in the order, and and some of it has coincided with guys who've been injured. But he has rewarded them and the fans and you and I uh, with better plays of late. Like certainly offensively with that big RBI double, but defensively as well. And he's played all over the place, right? He's played at left, he's played at second, he's played at third where we saw him today. He's actually been pretty reliable at third base. Yeah. I, I give him some kudos in the absence of Matt Chapman. Like I feel like of all the guys that have filled in for Chapman since he's gone on the IL, I think I've been the most comfortable with Biggio at third. Which is a huge change. I, I really did not think he was a very good third baseman in 2021. I thought that there were you know definitely 
uh, you know, some issues at that spot, and that contributed a lot to to Santiago Espinal playing in and around that position at that point for a good chunk of it. But Biggio, I, I think, has done enough with the bat, and, and you're right, enough defensively. Like, he twice threw out Bobby Witt today on, on you know, plays you should make, but sure. not guarantees. That is literally the fastest player in all of baseball, and, and there's tough plays to make, and he threw him out after not having played almost any third for the first half of this season, he certainly looks like a, a pretty solid option for the Blue Jays. And it it is good for them, not just in this situation now, but even if Chapman comes back and plays all the time, if you find a situation where you want to pinch hit a left-handed bat, you could bring in Kevin Biggio for a guy like right. Chapman or for someone else and feel fairly confident that you're not giving away a lot defensively because he he's at least, I think, going to give you average defense at third, which is an important position. If you can get average defense, it's pretty good. I think we're well past the conversation of when Chapman returns, is Biggio in the group of people who can, in theory, be sent down? I mean, he can be, I suppose, but he's. I don't think. I don't think the conversation focuses on him at all anymore. Like no, I think the I conversation think largely is the Buffalo bunch. And Espinal, basically. Yeah, and even Espinal maybe has hit his way out of sure. it. It's, it's hard to Very know, possible. but you look at Biggio today with the RBI double. Yesterday he comes up with two walks and, and only has three plate appearances and comes up with two walks. The day before in Oakland, he has two hits. He has three walks in game two in Oakland, two hits and two RBIs in game one in Oakland. Like, he is he is contributing a, a good amount offensively, especially considering he's kind of a supporting cast member he's not going to right, be right. the leading offensive player for this team uh you know i think he led the blue jays in war in like 2019 but that was so not a great time well, for the yeah. blue jays and he was <laughs> yeah. hitting a lot better at that point in time but you know he has really turned around his season not just for being sent down this year but i think early in the season he looked like a guy that may not be around next year i think at this point you i think you do want him like around, I think he's given you a, a lot of value in a lot of different. You're talking spots. about next year, yeah, I, I yeah, think, yeah. and you know, this year is the focus. They're in a playoff race, but I do think he's given them a lot this year in terms of defense and offense, and he's pretty fast on the bases. I think that he has been a, a fairly valuable player for the Blue Jays. Yeah, we're, I think we we really are at a point where a lot of a lot of the, the infielders for the Blue Jays, and and knowing that. The, the top prospects that are being called up position player-wise from the minors are also They're infielders. all infielders. So you kind of yeah. have a real glut of infielders right now. So no, I, I almost feel like knowing that certainly, I mean, this applies to Whit Merrifield, but no, thinking that he is likely going to decline his option or be a free agent in some way, shape, or form next season or in this coming off season, if that is the case, then you look at all the other options, it probably does behoove both Davis Schneider and Kevin Biggio that they can play in the outfield as well, not yeah. and not that they can only play in the infield because, and again we were talking about this on the on the local pregame show before the game, but I mean if you if you're adding in like Addison Barger and Aurelvis Martinez to this equation as well, I mean I think the common thought process is that neither of them really play in the outfield that much certainly compared to David Schneider who I think we've learned his perhaps his first perhaps more natural position has been in left field. Maybe not. Maybe natural is the wrong word. It's like but left and second are yeah, pretty yeah. equal, though, I would say. Yeah, he, my point being that he has played a lot in left, so he is very capable of doing it instead of only playing at second. So it'll be it'll make the conversation for next year a lot more interesting because it does like common sense would likely dictate that someone has to go. Like there's just not there's just not enough space for all of these people and I'm not sure you want to keep some of these pieces that could be like they could give you contributions whether it's via a trade 
or or in the minors, you know, I'm not sure you want to keep them all in the major league roster. Yeah, it, or it can is, you really? Yeah, yeah, you really can't. You don't have enough space, and the guys with positional versatility is huge. I mean, when you think about Biggio, he, he can play first, second, third, left, and right field. The guys that are going to do that are going to be more valuable. That's baseball teams want to be a bit more malleable than they used to be. I it's love not, that word. I yeah, love that word. Yeah, uh, it's not. It's uh, <laughs> an SAT word for you. That's not. Um, you know, like it's it's not. Like it used to be in all respects where you're going to have, you know, you're, you probably have an everyday center fielder for the most part. You probably have an everyday shortstop, stuff like that. But a lot of teams are going to have not an everyday second baseman, not right. everyday corner outfielders, because then you can match people up. So the guys that are more versatile are, are going to be benefited for it and more playing time. Uh, the wrap-up here, I, I see this text. Though. What happened with Granky when he attempted the third pickoff on Biggio? Did he just forget that rule? I, I honestly I think, genuinely have no idea. I, I, yeah, with, <laughs> without knowing what he was thinking – I, I don't know. I genuinely thought he could just get Biggio at second because he was very concerned with Biggio standing right behind him. Yeah. That, that Was that the well, first time we saw the, like, the disengagement violation all year? I think it might be. I think so, and it's funny because there were two outs, and I think Biggio's fast enough he's scoring on a single anyway. Yeah, right? I, I almost wonder, you know, with a guy kind of as stubborn and as veteran as, as Zach Greinke is, he likes to pitch from the windup with a guy on third. I almost wonder if he was like, whatever, if it happens, you know, like <laughs> then I'll get to pitch from the windup. Yeah. He did record outs and actually get out of the inning. So maybe, maybe that was the reason. I don't know. Yeah. We'll, we'll never know, but it was pretty funny to see because uh, Biggio creating some havoc for uh, the Royals today on the base pass, but the Blue Jays do grab the five, one win. Thank you for listening to Blue Jays baseball brought to you by crown rust protection. New and used vehicle prices are rising and inventory is scarce. Avoid the hassle of buying prematurely by making your vehicle last longer with crown rust protection for a special offer on rust protection. Visit crown.com today for Ben Shulman, Ben Wagner, Ben Nicholson, Smith, lots of Ben's Tom Young, Luke Swadron, Nick Blackmore. I'm, show Ali. Thanks for being with us today. Jay's looking for the sweep tomorrow. Ben and I are back in the afternoon to put a bow on the series. We'll talk to you later.